As always, our visits with Brian Walton on Wednesdays. Wednesdays with Walton, Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. It's presented by Blue Tail Medical Group, an alternative to surgery. So before you have surgery, check out Blue Tail Medical Group, bluetailmedicalgroup.com. Hey, Brian, great to visit with you on this Wednesday morning. How you doing? Happy Wednesday, Dan. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a time now that we can really start to focus on minor league baseball because it's less than a week away and we fire up the minor leagues. So I know you're fired up about that. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Uh, we're not getting much information out of Cardinals minor league camp, but it's been going on in Jupiter, Florida. They've been playing uh, games against each other as well as against the Marlins, uh, three games a day. And as they're separating into the teams that will be next week, double uh, A Springfield, high A Peoria and low A Palm Beach. And then, of course, the players that are in the alternate camp in Sauget will move down the road to Memphis and become the core of the Memphis Redbirds to start the team opening day next Tuesday, May 4th. I, I bet those guys are just dying to see somebody in another jersey. They have to be. They have to be so sick of seeing each other and competing against each other. It's time to start playing some games. Absolutely. And as we've discussed before, the alternate camp, you know, when the Cardinals are on the road, only has 21 players in total. Uh, and most of those are pitchers. So, you know, you don't even have a critical mass where you can play a real game. You can have a handful of guys who are hitters, and you can have guys in the field. But, again, you know, you're getting tired of seeing Libertor and, and uh, you know, Zach Thompson and those guys. You want to go beat up some other pitching. So, yeah, and, again, that's just talking about 2021. Not even thinking about the pent-up demand of really not – most of these players haven't been on a field in a competitive game since – the end of August in 2019. So, you know, it's it's just it's such an important see. We can't emphasize enough how important this season is for the minor leagues, for minor leaguers, and for player development to try to figure out a way to make some uh, make up some of that lost time. How do you think it's going to go with the schedule? It's it's unique this year in terms of Tuesday through Sunday games, and maybe you can get into that. For we have a lot of people that listen across the country that are going to minor league games, but the schedule is going to be different this year. Yeah, it's a it's a, another an innovation, which I think you know we'll see how it goes. But I think generally speaking, it's a good idea. And the the, the major thought is to create a more standardized schedule and elim, or minimize travel in a time when there's still COVID COVID risk. Now, the good news is that with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine having been re cleared, the Cardinals should have a plan to have all their players vaccinated by the time the minor league season starts. But that doesn't mean there's still not risk out there. So what they've done for the schedule this year is that all minor league teams at all levels will have Mondays off all season long, no games on Monday. And then there'll be six game series between the two same two teams in the same ballpark every Tuesday through Sunday. So a six game series each week uh, each team. So that allows teams to, you know, basically stay in the same locale for six days, have a day to travel, get organized, should be easier on the players and hopefully keep everybody healthy. I wonder if there's going to be bad blood in these series. When you play a team six different times, things can happen in baseball. I, I think that could be a, a, a sidebar to this potentially. Yeah. And you know, the, it, we kind of gets back to the discussion of what's going on in St. Louis. And, and as you would certainly agree, what they're going to be doing with Johan Oviedo starting today, uh, tonight is that it's not really a six-man rotation. It's more a five-man rotation with an extra guy plugged in when you don't have days off. But now with these six-game series, and coupled with the fact that these minor league pitchers didn't throw 100 innings or 120 innings last year, these starters, are minor league teams going to go to six-man rotations so that teams don't see the same starter twice in one series? Should be very interesting to see how this is, how this is handled. But to your point, yes, I mean, I think – 
you know, you play the same team over and over and over. Think about like when the Cardinals played the Reds. Obviously, that's an extreme example, you know, with the Castellanos incident, right? If they would have had to play three more games, you know, there's no telling what would have happened. No question. And even at the minor leagues, that does happen. How about the, uh, the, the ticket situation in terms of fans coming back to the stands, in particular Palm Beach and some of the other levels of the minor leagues? Well, it's, it varies by city, but the good news is that, that the minor league teams either have or will in the next day or two open up uh, ticket sales for at least the month of May. And they're going to go kind of like the Cardinals have done, and that is kind of go month by month in terms of – now, of course, they're selling season tickets as always, but for, for single-game tickets, they're kind of going month by month because they're starting with a restriction of, you know, pods of six to eight in, you know, socially distanced apart. So that limits capacity to a quarter, a third, whatever it may be. And, of course, everybody's hoping that as uh, we get more into spring and that more people are vaccinated and the hospitalization rates go down, that the, the, that they can sell more and more tickets and more fans can go and see games. But there's one very interesting approach that's being undertaken in Palm Beach, and I've, I've written about this in detail uh, in an article posted yesterday at the Cardinal Nation. And that is that in the Florida, well, what was the Florida State League, now is the low-A Southeast League, uh, Palm Beach and Roger Dean Stadium are only going to be open to fans on three days each week. So for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday games, fans can buy tickets and go. However, for the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sunday games, those will be held more like a backfield game, a complex game, where the ballpark will be close to fans. They'll still play the games. They'll still do their thing. But the idea is to focus the fan attention in an area in Florida where it's difficult to draw fans, frankly, in the hot summer. Um, and, draw, and focus their attention on and their, and their promotions and all the things they do to draw fans in on Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. As we get going with the minor league season, who are you excited to watch from the Cardinals' perspective? Well, I always like to try to ask Cardinals officials about that. And uh, Farm Director Gary LaRock was, did a radio appearance late last week, and he's notoriously careful to not discuss individual players uh, you know, at the risk of you know, singling out guys that, that maybe uh, you know, are missing guys that, that should be singled out. But one guy that LaRock mentioned was uh, catcher Yvonne Herrera who, um, you know, was really sort of overshadowed this spring. We didn't see a lot of him. He wasn't the, the catcher that tended to make the most attention. And he's the only 40-man roster player who's in minor league camp down in Florida. So it'll be interesting to see Herrera's um, likely to open the season with Springfield. But, you know, if he plays well, you know, he should have a chance to step up to, to Memphis, AAA Memphis during the season and get in the mix for 2022. And, of course, the mix for St. Louis in 2022 will depend a lot on what Yadier Molina decides, and that is going to be a, to be determined for months into the future. How about the uh, Pioneer League? They've got some new rules they're going to implement this year. Yeah, baseball is, you know, one of the things that Major League Baseball has done, and, you know, if you're a traditionalist, you probably don't like it, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a traditionalist, but I, you know, I'm open to new ideas. And, and what they're trying, you know, everybody's familiar now with the, the, the rule that's tried was has been tried in the minor leagues where in extra innings in a tie game the batter who created the final out in the previous inning is put on second base giving each team a greater advantage in scoring runs until the game outcome is decided in the pioneer league which is you know one of the the mlb partner leagues basically so not part of of the official affiliated ball they're going to try a an approach where there will be a home run derby to settle ties and they'll give, uh, let each team select a batter and say, this guy gets five pitches, and the number of home runs that that batter hits in those five pitches will be the score for that round. And the other team does the same thing. 
And if there's a tie, then they still, then they get another player and they do the same thing until one team or the other is declared the winner of the game. And the, the logic behind it is the same as we've heard before, which is basically to conserve pitching. Uh, but it's also, let's face it, it's also a shortness of game, you know, a, a pace of play issue that, you know, the games won't last as long because a home run derby should settle the outcome even more quickly than a runner on second. You know, there's some major league things that I'd love to talk to uh, Brian Walton about because he's so dialed in on what's happening, major league and minor league baseball. But I'm going to throw some things at you. How about Mad Bum the other day? Game two of a doubleheader against the Braves. He goes seven innings and gives up no hits. I don't know about you. I think it's a no-hitter. This is, you know, these are the rules that you played with. He gave seven innings. He, he threw no hits, uh, gave up no hits. He threw the seven innings. I, I'm calling it a no-hitter. What about you? Yeah, it's unfortunate that, that this particular delineation has been made because, to the fairness of the player, you know, he pitched, he pitched all the innings that he was allowed. He pitched all the batters he was allowed to pitch to. And, you know, if they're going to, if they're going to go that way, then what they should do is say, okay, then we'll extend this game to nine innings because there's a no hitter in play because we're not going to give it to you after seven. And of course that's ridiculous as well. I think in this case, you know, there has to be some flexibility. There has to be some understanding that the length of the game was previously defined as, as seven innings. And therefore that the, everything about it does count and should count. And that should include the no hitter. So, you know, I'm, I'm with those who feel that, that, that decision was, was the wrong one. The Rockies have parted ways with their general manager. Kind of a, a toxic situation, at least it looked that way from the outside looking in, the things that you read. You, you heard stuff about the trade with Arenado to St. Louis. What do you think of that? It's really odd um, that the ownership, you know, ownership clearly made a call. They wanted it. They took the side of general manager Jeff British against Nolan Arenado. And this was not a situation that, developed over a few days it developed over months and several years and so for them to give up on their general manager less than a month into the season just because the team's not playing well when the team has you know lost uh, you know close to 100 games each of the last two years is very curious you you have to wonder why they didn't go back and make that decision before they had to trade Arenado away now the issue of course is with their all-star shortstop Trevor Story who's pretty much in the same, you know, like 12 months behind Arenado in the same kind of schedule. And the, the thinking was, well, the Rockies would have to trade Story uh, because of the environment, not not just because of the general manager, but because of the environment. So it'll be interesting to see, I think, looking forward, not only who the new GM is, but whether this changes their stance on keeping arguably their, their last remaining superstar. I'll wrap it up with this. What do you have coming up on thecardinalnation.com? Well, I talked a little bit about uh, this uh, detail about what we're, what the, uh, uh, what's going on regarding the minor league schedule and a lot more d details and innovation about what Palm Beach is doing. Had some, uh, an article to help fans who uh, follow Cardinals games in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Kentucky to figure out how to find the right games on the right channels. And uh, within the next few days, as soon as minor league camp ends, we'll, of course, get the details on those four rosters, Memphis, Springfield, Peoria, Palm Beach, as well as probably some players who have been let go. And so you'll get that information first and with the most detail here at the Cardinal Nation. This is brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. We do it every Wednesday. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Thanks, Brian. Catch up next Wednesday. Take care, Dan.